Lifeline audience, Happy New Year. Look at your neighbor and say, Happy New Year. Man, it's a new year. It's a fresh start. Man, I'm so excited to be in the house of the Lord. Hope you guys had a great time with family and friends uh, yesterday and, well, Friday or Saturday. When was it? Friday. I can't, can't even remember. Get the days mixed up. But, uh, man, we had uh, a real quick turnaround. We went to Baton Rouge on Thursday, was it? Thursday. And we came back yesterday afternoon and we spent uh, New Year's Eve with my family, but my sisters were over by my sister's house, and uh, we had some good food, and we laughed a whole lot, which was really good. It's always good to laugh. And the kids, my dad, I feel, I don't feel sorry for him, but my dad, he has three daughters and myself, and out of my three sisters, they have six daughters. And, my, and one, he has one grandson, so it's a house full of girls all over the place. And so we had a good time. Camden had a good time with our cousins. They popped fireworks. And in my sister's neighborhood, it's not the normal fireworks display. Like it was like going downtown somewhere and they lit it up outside. It was like, do I need, do I need to give y'all some money for, for the show that y'all put on? But it was great. It was awesome. But uh, we had a good time. Hope you guys did as well. And, man, this is the new year, y'all. Y'all made it. Yes. Come on. Y'all give yourselves a Have you online? Clap. I know you're at home, but clap your hands. <laughs> you did a good job. You made it this year. And as I mentioned last week, we talked about stop crying and move forward. We're talking about faith. And this year is the year of faith. The 2022 for New Life Church, this is the year of faith. And I believe that with all of my heart that God is going to do some awesome things in your lives personally. He's going to do some awesome things in our church because this is the year of faith. And I just want to kind of give this, this brief disclosure when it deals with faith. Because, you know, when you talk about faith, some people feel like faith is a license to live recklessly. What, Pastor, what do you mean? I mean this. I'm going through some financial issues right now. The lotto and Powerball is at an all-time high. I just have faith to believe that if I play the Powerball, that God knows my situation, and he's going to bless me with that Powerball. That's not faith. That's gambling. That, that, that's not faith. But, but people would take faith to extremes and say, well, this is I'm stepping out on faith. I'm going to buy the ticket. I'm, no, that's not faith. That's gambling. Or some people will say things like, well, you know, I'm just looking for a sign. I was driving down the street, and I was like, God, if, if, I, if I need to do this, then just give me a sign. And I saw a dog wagging his tail out of the car window, and I said, surely that was a sign for God because I never see a dog. And it's like, well, that's not faith. That's not faith at all. Or I just need a fresh start. You know, I just, I just need a fresh start. This is a new year. I need a fresh start. So I'm just going to sell everything I have, and I'm going to move. I'm going to move. I'm just going to uproot myself from everything that I know, all my comfort. I'm just going to uproot myself, and I'm just going to move because I need a fresh start. Well, you know, the faith of journey, God is, might be saying, maybe the fresh start you need is a rejuvenation in me and a journey in me and not necessarily uprooting yourself and starting over. Because how many fresh starts do you need? How many fresh starts have you had? 
And how have all those worked out? It's not just uprooting yourself. Oh, I need a fresh start. No, no, you don't need a fresh start. You need a fresh start in your faith, in your journey in God. And I asked permission to share this story with this person. And so they gave me their permission. They even said, I can use their name. I'm not even going to use their name. But I'm talking about extremes of faith. Like, this, well, it's not really faith at all. This is just, you just doing vain pursuits. You just doing things and just stapping faith on it. That's not faith at all. So this one person, uh, they were, they just got paid, rent is due, and they realized that I'm not going to have enough money to pay my rent. So what I'll do is, instead of just paying my tithe, which that's all God asks for, God says, I just want to tithe. Just give to me what's due to me. See if I won't pour out a blessing that you can't contain. That's what the word says. He said, put me to the test in this. See if I won't bless you. That's the word. But instead of just giving the tithe, they said, you know what? I'm going to give my whole check. Because I can't pay for my rent and everything anyway. I might as well just give the entire check to the church. And that's what they did. And then that person went to one of the leaders in the church, and she told the lady the situation. And she explained what was going on, and the lady said, well, sweet baby, it sounds like you need to go to the church and ask for your check back. Because what good is it if giving all your money away if you don't have food to eat? If you can't just pay some of your bills, if you can't put gas in your car. And you know what they did? They went back to the church, went to the accounting department, and kind of embarrassed and was like, you know, I um, gave my entire check, but I actually need it back. And you know what they said? Oh, I don't feel sorry. You're not the first person that's done this. And they gave them the money back. And then they were able to pay their bills and everything worked out great. Because God said, I just need my tithe. I don't need your whole check. But we'll step out. I'm just going to do something extreme. It's like, no, no, no. When God plays something in your heart to do by faith, it will be confirmed by a peace from the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. But it will also be confirmed by solid believers or spiritual authority around you. So when people start making these grand claims of what faith is I'm like well that's not faith at all that's just you just chasing vain pursuits because this is my time this is my moment because if I don't do it now I never well that's not necessarily true we have to make sure when we're talking about faith the adventure of faith that God wants you to be on is an adventure of pursuing him for some of you this year the adventure that God wants you to be on is to be more consistent in him that is a faith adventure is to be more consistent in the things of God. For some of you, the adventure could be God wants you to be more consistent in your Bible reading. That's a faith adventure right there. See, this is what I'm talking about when we talk about the year of faith. We're talking about faith and trust in God and not these vain pursuits. And I'm going to get into it more in a moment, but this is the first week of our new series called Faith School. And tomorrow we've been, tomorrow now we've been, uh, there's a pastor called Keith Moore. He has a, like about a 70-week uh, faith series that each day of the week he has a, a message on faith. And we're pretty well into it. And we were going through this, and I said, you know what, this is so good. My faith is so stirred. We have to share this to the church. So a lot of material that I'm going to share in faith school comes from that. So don't say, oh, Pastor, you're so smart. Nope, I just got this from him. I'm just, I'm just tailoring it to our church. So a lot of the material is from that. I'm just tailoring it for our church. But it just got me to thinking about faith. And so today, the title of the message, if you're taking notes, you can follow. If you're online, you could go on our app, download our app. We have the notes on there as well. Today's title message is called Why Faith? Why Faith? 
You know, sometimes we want to define what is faith, but most of the times we need to stop before we get to what is faith. We need to define why do I need faith or why faith? Why faith? And I, I, I love this illustration. Have you ever seen a parent standing in the shallow end of a pool, a swimming pool, and the little child is standing right there on the edge, and the parent is like literally two feet away from the child with their arms stretched out to say, come on, jump. Come on, jump in my arms. And the child is like, oh, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all ever seen that before? It's like, I, I, I don't know. It's like, don't you trust me? Yes, I trust you. We'll jump. Well, I trust you, but I can't jump. You know, that's a great picture of how we are with God. God is standing in the shallow end, not the deep end, the shallow end, two feet away from us with his arms wide open, says, come on, jump. God, I trust you, but I can't jump. I mean, I might drown. I know it's only two feet of water, but I might drown. I, I, I trust you, God, but, but I can't jump. And God is like, but I'm standing right here. I, why don't you trust me? I do trust you, God, then jump, but I can't jump. What is that? Because I want to read this passage of scripture. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. We read this last week, but I wanted to read it again. It says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember that the great reward, it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he promised, for in just a little while the coming one will come and not delay. And the righteous ones will live by what? By faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Who turns away. When we tell God we don't trust him, what we're doing is turning away from our faith. That's what we're saying. God, I'm turning away from you because I don't trust you. You say it with your mouth, but your actions prove differently. It says you really don't trust God at all. Because you can talk a big game about faith, but when it actually comes time to jump, you can't jump. Because you really don't trust God. But God says he takes no pleasure in us when we turn away. So what I'm trying to get to this morning to convey is why faith is don't throw away your faith. I know I mentioned that last week, but I want you to, this is why it's so important. And you say, well, oh, pastor, I won't throw away my faith. We throw away our faith easily. You know how we throw away our faith? By making excuses. And I wrote down a few excuses that I thought about that I've heard over the years and that I've even made some myself. When it comes to faith, Oh, pastor, you don't need to talk to me about faith. I've been living this faith walk since 1965. Before you were even born, before you were in diapers, I've been living a life of faith, pastor. I've been standing strong. I've been on the wall. I've been, I've been fasting and praying. Okay, you, what about now? Are you living a life of faith now? Because faith is now. I'm glad and rejoice about God, whether God has overcome and brought me through in the past. But what about now? Faith is now. I can't say, well, I was a person of faith back then. No, no, no. I need to be a person of faith now. Now faith. Faith is for the now. So I got, I've done that and done the T-shirt. So don't talk to, I know everything there is to know about faith, but why aren't you living the prosperous life that you want to right now? Because if you would be, look deeper, you're not living by faith. What's another excuse? I don't have anyone to encourage me. You know, it would, it's just so hard. I mean, pastor, it's easy for you. You married. You got somebody that you, I'm by myself. I, I don't have anyone to encourage me. You know how many times I, people hear, I hear people say that? Oh, you, you just don't understand a single person problem because you have somebody with you. Like I've been married my whole life. 
But the point is, is that I have two pastors in my life. I have two pastors. And at any time they call me, the first thing they always ask is, how's your marriage with tomorrow? Because they care about that more than anything. The second thing they always ask is, how's your faith? How's your faith? So what, what are they saying is, my faith is my responsibility. I can call them anytime I want to, but they have families as well. They have responsibilities as well. I can't just wait by the phone and wait for them to call me to encourage myself. I have to learn how to encourage myself in the Lord. So for some of you this year, your faith journey is learning how to encourage yourself. Because so many people just wait, oh, I just wish I had someone to encourage me. Someone I could talk to on the phone and because I'm in the mully grubs. You need to learn how to pick yourself out of the mully grubs. When someone has no one to talk to on the phone, how you go? David said, I'm going to encourage myself whether somebody's around or not. You have to become a master at encouraging yourself. As a pastor, I would do a horrible job if the only time you felt encouraged is on Sundays. What I'm trying to stir in you in faith is to say, on Monday through Saturday, you need to go home and learn how to encourage yourself. Well, how do I do that, Pastor? You need to be consistent in your word. Because you get one word, one passage of scripture that God speaks to your heart, guess what? Instant encouragement. Instant encouragement. You get in the presence of God and you start worshiping and you get that right song that speaks the right, ooh, boy, I'm telling you, instant encouragement. You have to learn how to be a master at encouraging yourself and not waiting for other people to try to encourage you. Well, I just don't have anyone to call on the phone. So deal with it. Encourage yourself. Don't wait for somebody to encourage you. Encourage yourself. There's been plenty of times I wish I could call someone. It's like, you know what? Late in the midnight hour at 2 o'clock when you're in the mully grubs and feeling sorry for yourself, that's not a great time to call someone because they might not be friendly when you call them. Don't call me at 2 a.m. unless it's an emergency. <laughs> I'm asleep. <laughs> but seriously, you need to learn how to encourage yourself. Or some people, this is their excuse. Pastor, you just don't understand what I'm going through. You just don't understand. You don't understand the health issues that I have. My health, it keeps me in a place where I just don't feel good. Well, I know. You're not the only one. You're not the only one that goes through issues, but we can't use our conditions as an excuse to say that I don't have faith. But some people say, well, pastor, I can't make it today because I'm just not feeling up to par. But you have time to go to Target and do all the things you want to do. But when it comes to building your faith, oh, you don't have time for that. You just don't understand, pastor. This is one of my favorites. Oh, pastor, it's easy for you to say. It's easy for you to have faith. You're the pastor. You're supposed to have faith. So I don't go through things. I don't have to encourage myself, and I don't have to have faith for myself. Oh, you're supposed to have faith. So, you just, so what you're saying is you're giving that as an excuse because I'm a pastor. So that's why you don't have faith, because you're not a pastor. Oh, I see. Because if you were a pastor, then that would be a license for you to have faith. No, 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 no. Don't make this. Oh, oh, you're supposed to have faith. It's easy for you to say you, you serve God. You're doing the Lord's work. You are, too. You need faith. <laughs> Encourage yourself in your faith. Or this is another big one. Well, I've done that before, but I've just got disappointed in the past. God, I followed you. I've stepped out on faith. I lived the life of faith, and 
things just didn't work out the way that I thought they did. And that disappointment set in, and when you start thinking about God saying, I want you to take a faith journey, then you're like, oh, I don't know if I could do this. Ooh, this is hard. I've done this before. I've done, I don't know, Pastor. We have to stop. When we make excuses, what we're doing, we read in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, we're throwing away our faith. And we throw what? Why faith? We can't throw it away. The first thing about faith is you got to. You can't throw it away. Don't make excuses. You watching online? Don't make excuses this year about your faith. Get serious about your faith in the Lord. Amen. You know, some people they stay. We talked about that illustration about the parent in the pool, or God standing in the pool saying jump. Some people they do jump in, but they get comfortable staying in the shallow end. And they say, I'm just going to stay in the shallow end, and just, it's just fine right here. I can see the bottom. I can touch the bottom. It's only up to my ankles, so I'm good right here. And they stay in the shallow end of faith, and then eventually they get, this is boring. I'm frustrated. Life is, why is it? Because you just stay in the shallow end. But then God says, you know what? Why don't you come out to the middle? Just come follow me. And then you start taking a couple steps to the middle, and then you start seeing that the water is getting a little deeper. And he's like, oh, no, I don't want this. This is getting too deep, Pastor. And then you shrink back and you throw away your faith because now you're losing your foot in a little bit and you lose the thing that we love, control. That's what we love. We love control. And when we start losing that control and faith, oh, I got to really live by faith, I'm going to just go back to the shallow end. It was easier back. Things were a lot simpler in the shallow end. But then we look at the deep end and some people say, I'm not even going, mm -mm, I'm not even looking at the deep end. I'm not taking one step towards the deep end. But what you don't realize is the deep end is where all the adventure and the fun is. That's where all the fun is, is in the deep end. And God has said, all I'm just trying to do is get you to trust me. Why faith? Why faith? You know, a lot of people think Christians are boring because Christians don't know anything about adventure. We like to be safe. We like to be calculated. Oh, it's a dangerous world out there. I can't. No, 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 no. The world is bigger than your life. The world is bigger than New Life Church. The world is bigger than your neighborhood. Life is about adventure. And some of you, the adventure that God wants to take you on is the adventure of life. You know, there's a couple in our church that they love the Lord with all their heart. They're passionate about the Lord, but what they're also passionate about is adventure. And I, tomorrow now, we love that about them. And y'all probably know who I'm talking about. Tomorrow now, I went kayaking with them. And I'm telling you, we had the time of our lives. And you say, Pastor, I don't know about that kayaking stuff. Well, you just go ahead and live a boring life. Well, you just live a life that has no adventure. And God, there's got to be more than life than this. There's a big world out there, y'all. Life is supposed to be. God, every, we're reading in Genesis right now about the creation. Man, you talk about an adventure. God, and God did everything. He created everything by faith. But what he's trying to get all of us to see is that this life is an adventure. It's not this just little mundane thing that I'm just, everything is so spiritual. I love being spiritual. But at the same time, you need some hobbies. You need, you need to get out there and do some things and explore because what it does is it changes your worldview. It changes your perspective. It changes your horizon. So now you can see God's beauty in his creation. So now you trust him more because, man, you get out of nature and you start, God created this. Oh, my gosh. And then it opens up something new, a new lane of perspective that you say, God, I love you. God, how brilliant are you that you created this? 
But you'll never know that if you don't get out there and adventure. You see, faith is more than just faith. It's a lot to faith. And the main thing, the point that I want to drive home now is this. Now we're getting into the message. And I just want to set this all up. Now we're getting into the message. Now I'm about to start preaching the message. Why faith? This is the big reason you need to know why faith. You need to know why faith because faith is how the Father functions. Faith is how, y'all write that down. That's the main thought today. Faith is how the Father functions. God does not know how to operate outside of faith. Everything he created, his words, the, everything, anything that comes out, it, it was created by faith. He only operates in faith. So why do we need faith? Because we need to know how God operates. That's why faith is so important. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's the, the just shall live by what? By faith. We have to learn to live by faith. When I step in the car and I drive, I do it by faith. When I step out of the bed in the morning, I do it by faith. When I go to work, I step out and I work by faith. Because if I don't, I'm going to have the mullet grubs at work and my coworkers are not going to like me. Everything that I do, I live by faith. Everything. But why do I do that? Because that's how the Father functions. If you want to relate to the Father, I want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to just stay there. Everything that the Father does is by faith. We have to learn how to. Faith is not a doctrinal position. You know, some people ask you, what faith are you? What faith am I? You mean, do I have faith? But they look at faith as, as your religion. Faith is a, it's a doctrinal position. What, what faith are you? What, what, what faith am I? No, I believe in Christ. I trust him. But for some people, it's, it's, or faith is just a movement. You know, faith is just a movement that comes and goes. Faith hits you, then it leaves. Faith is not a movement. And faith also isn't something that I use to get what I want. I don't just say I need faith in God to get material things that I want. No, I get faith because I know that's how the Father functions, and I need more faith to understand what he does. And you need more faith because think about this. There's so much that God wants to, to reveal to you, but he can't do it until you get more faith. There's a whole lot of things that God has in store for you, but he can't reveal it to you until you have enough faith to receive it because everything that he reveals is by faith. Everything that I'm saying right now, the only way you're going to receive it is by faith. Because if you don't receive it by faith, then you just think I'm just talking crazy. Well, that's too hard. I can't do all the stuff you're talking about. Well, that shows where your faith is. I can't get out of my current position. Well, that just shows you where your faith is. God is trying to take us on a faith adventure because he knows that I need them to understand. In order to understand how I operate, you need faith. And that's the only way. The only way you're going to read the Bible and understand the Bible is by faith. That's the only way. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you right now for these next few moments that we have to go just a little bit deeper into faith. I thank you right now that your spirit is here, that it's hovering over this room, speaking clearly to our hearts today. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. And 
the faith is how the Father functions. So when we talk about faith, we're not talking about faith principles. I know a lot of people love to talk about there's certain principles of faith, and that's true. But this is not what we're talking about. I'm just talking about the overall thing of faith. Faith is how he functions. This is how he operates. He creates things. Why is God so successful? Because he does everything by faith. Whenever you do things by faith, you become successful. Whenever you do things by your own strength, it becomes it's hit or miss. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But when you do it by faith, you'll be successful. Why? Because the Father did it, and he is successful. Everything that he does is successful. Every word that he spoke comes true. Think about if God got upset and just start speaking some mean words. His words would have to come true, whatever he said. Think about that. Everything that God speaks, it comes true. It, comes, it, it doesn't come back void. So that's why he knew that everything that I speak, I'm doing it by faith because I know my words carry great weight. And I need my people to understand that in order to understand me, you have to understand me through faith, through the eyes of faith. He called us to be imitators of him. Jesus did. He said, I only do what I see my father do. And what did he see his father do? Everything by faith. So how did Jesus live his life? By faith. Everything Jesus did, it was by faith. The just shall live by faith. Learning about faith is not being a part of a small group. Faith is not just this small, small pillar. Well, well, God has given this person the gift of faith. He didn't give thee that. No, no, no. Everybody has faith. It's just how much are you going to put into your faith to fuel it and to see it grow and to expand. It's not, just, it's not just for a certain uh, uh, elect people. Oh, it's only a few that get the gift of faith. No, you get faith the more that you pursue God. The more you consist in the God, your faith, it begins to grow. At any point of our lives, when we don't operate in faith, we instantly disconnect from the Father and move from fear and unbelief. The moment you step out of faith, you move into fear and unbelief. And guess what? We disconnect from God because now he, he, he only operates and functions out of faith. So when you're in fear and doubt, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about because that's not how I function. You ever talk to someone that's in a panic and in a tizzy and they're just irrational and it's like, what in the world are you talking about? You, you don't make sense right now. You, it's just your logic is not there. What is that? That's how God is with us when we start talking in fear and doubt. And unbelief. I don't understand what you're saying. Come back to me in faith and let's try this again. Come back to me in faith and let's try this again. And then he said, okay, now I understand. Now you're in faith. But as soon as we get out of faith, and the big reason that we need faith is this, y'all. Think about eternity. Eternity is our reward. But the only way we're going to get there is by faith. There is a great reward for us and eternity. God created it for us, specifically for us to rule and reign with him. But there's a greater reward in eternity, but we have to make sure that while we're here on earth, we're living by faith that we can receive the reward that he has for us. He's called us to walk with him by faith. Romans 1.17, it says, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, now the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2, 4, but the just shall live by his faith. That's five different, four different scriptures that I just read. All of them say the same thing. 
and the just shall live by what? I think that's important if he wrote it in five, four or five different chapters of the Bible. He's trying to convey something to us. We need to live by faith. 2022, say, I'm living by faith. You're online, say, I'm living by faith. We're living by faith this year. God leads us by steps, but it takes faith to go somewhere, go, go somewhere, go, some, go to someone. Wait, I wrote this wrong. Let me read, try to understand what I'm trying to say. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. I just, I don't know what I wrote. It takes faith to go somewhere that God will say, I'll send you somewhere that you don't know you're going, like Abraham. Go to a land that I will show you. What God is saying is, I'm trying to order your steps. But the big thing that God was trying to show Abraham was this. I'm taking you on an adventure. I'm taking you on a faith adventure. And it starts by one step. Just like we talked about the children of, the, of Israel last week. God says, stop crying and move forward. The miracle didn't play, take place until they took that one step into the, into the Red Sea. They took that one step in the sea, miracle happened. What is that? Faith adventure. That's what, when God says that I'm trying to take you somewhere that you don't know, that's not necessarily saying that I'm taking you to a different place. What he's trying to say is I'm trying to show you something new. I'm trying to, the word says that I make all things what? Does he make all things the same? Does he make all things old? He makes all things new. And so with newness comes adventure. But what do we like? Consistency. What do we like? Stability. What do we like? Normalcy. Don't start changing stuff up on us now, God. Well, it's going to be hard to follow God because he's on an adventure. Man, in six days, he created the heavens and the earth, y'all. Six days. On the seventh, he rested. You want to talk about an adventure? You start reading about creation. Whoo! You know what? Hmm. It's dark. What could I do? Let's see. Let's make two forms of light, one brighter than the other. And I'll just call this one day and this one night. And this is the sun, and this will be the moon. And then, bam, there it is. You know what? I think this earth needs, it's green right now. It needs a little color. Let me create all types of flowers and plants and seed bearing fruit. And bam, he speaks it to existence by faith. And there it is. You want to talk about the earth went through an adventure. The world, the, the universe, it went through an adventure in six days. We have a lifetime of adventure. Y'all see what I'm saying? But you can't get complaining. Oh, pastor, I don't like change. Well, you just have a good life. <laughs> things change. God says, I make all things new. But we don't like that. God, you're messing with me. Why, why are you shaking things up, God? It's because God is about adventure. That's how he functions. He functions in faith. And he's trying to send you from faith to faith. And from faith to faith, faith takes new adventures. The way of doing things last year is not going to be the same way he's going to do things this year. That's why we need faith. That's why this is the year of faith. Because he's trying to teach you something new. There's so much more, y'all, that God, I'm telling you, is so much more that God wants to reveal to you. He's just waiting for you to get the faith to receive it. 
the answers to the things that have been plaguing you for years, things that have been tormenting you for years, can all be overcome this year if you receive it by faith. If you're consistent with God by faith. You say, well, how is it going to happen? He's a rewarder for those that diligently seek him. When you consistently and diligently seek him, he is a rewarder for you. And not just a reward. We talked about last, a mega reward. There's a mega reward for you. You just have to make sure that you're faithful to receive him. Faith isn't optional, y'all. It's mandatory. It's mandatory. Why faith? Because that's how the Father functions. You want to understand how you have to, you want to understand God? You have to have faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 through 6. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he had cometh to God, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Think about old brother Enoch. Enoch got it in himself so much that he said, I need to be with God so much, I'm going to be with God every day. And God found so much favor with him that he says, you know what, Enoch, just come on up with me. It says he was translated, meaning that God just said, you're not even going to die. I just want to send you on up with me because you spend so much time with me. You have so much faith in me. I'm just going to send you up with me. He called him up. Didn't even die. What is that? That's a life of faith. He wouldn't have that happen to him if he didn't live a life of faith. Now, you want to talk about an adventure. Boy, I want to talk to Enoch. When he, so where were you? How did it happen when you just got translated and called up to heaven? Like, how did that, like, what, what were you praying? You walking? Like, how, did, you, did you actually go through the clouds or where it's like at a snap of the finger? You were, like, talk about an adventure. That brother was just walking with the, in the cool of the day with the Lord. And the next thing you know, bam. Oh, I'm in the throne. Whoa, what? What in the world? But he had faith. It was by faith that he pleased God. And he said, it's impossible to please God without faith. Why faith? Because that's how the Father functions. Y'all get it now? Y'all understand what I'm talking about? This is basic elementary things, but it's things that we need. We need to go back to the basics sometime and say, I, and I want to make sure that this is crystal clear. That's why I'm taking my time and I'm saying a lot of things over and repeating myself because sometimes you can hear something and it's not be what I said at all. I can't tell you how many times people come up to me, Pastor, when you said this, I'm like, I didn't say that at all. But it's your faith talk that's telling you, it's translating what you hear is how you perceive what I said. And it may not necessarily be what I said. It's just what you thought I said or how you took what I said. So I want to be as clear as I can in communicating this, that faith is not optional. It's mandatory. That faith is how the Father functions. If you're frustrated with your relationship with God, it's because your faith is not where it should be. It's nobody else's fault but yours. It's your responsibility to build your faith. Now, I love to encourage you. And that's what I'm going to do. But when it comes down to it, you're the one that's responsible for building your faith. It's not my responsibility. It's yours. Just like when my pastors look at me, they say, Mario, how's your faith? They ask me that every single time we talk. And I, you know what? And they want an honest response. 
and they could tell if I'm just, what's going on? Tell me what's really going on. What's going on, Mario? They want to, why? Because they know how important it is for me to encourage myself in my faith. Are you reading your Bible? How's your prayer life? All these things are fuel to your faith. What we're doing starting tomorrow with 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're building our faith. We're fueling our faith for the year. It says that you need patient endurance that you won't get weary, that you won't burn out, that you won't throw away your confident trust in the Lord. How do you do that? By starting tomorrow, getting here in prayer. Well, we're, gonna, we're actually going to read the scriptures. We're going to encourage ourselves in the scriptures. I, we mentioned that earlier today. A great way to encourage yourself is get in the scriptures. We're going to do just that tomorrow. Amen? Religion says God is pleased when we do certain things good. That's what religion says. I'm a good Bible reader. I'm a good memory verse rememberer. <laughs> That's not even a word, but <laughs> rememberer. <laughs> I remember, ooh, I have all these scriptures that I can quote off the top of my... Now, religion says God is pleased with that. But God says I'm not pleased with that at all. Even the demons tremble at my voice. Even the demons fear me. Even the demons know the scripture. The devil knows the scripture. But where is your faith? God is pleased by your faith. He's not pleased by what you know or what you do good. He's pleased by your faith. And age has nothing to do with faith. You know, some people, I've been saved for 35, 50 years. Okay, I'm glad. But where's your faith? How's your faith right now? And we can get, and this is the thing, don't get so fixed on faith that you don't mature in the things of God. Because really, a faith journey is a maturing journey. Because when you grow in faith, it matures you. It matures you. And, and it moves from being so spiritual to maturity. Because I remember when I first got saved, I thought I had to look the certain way and say certain things. And, you know, I'm blessed and highly favored. And, and, and you know, you, know you, you think you have to say the lingo. When, well, at least I did. I'm not going to speak for you. At least I did. I thought I had to say certain things and do certain things to be spiritual. But the more that my faith grew and, my, and I matured in the things of God, I realized it's not about that. It's about truly my heart connecting with God and allow him to change and to point out things in my heart that matures me. Because the more that I mature, the more that I understand how he functions, because now I'm operating in faith. For some of you, the faith of journey is going to be maturity. God wants you to mature this year. Well, pastor, I'm 65. Guess what? Like, like some people used to say, there's no, there's no, no, no worse fool than an old fool. Just because you have age doesn't mean that you're mature. We need faith. We need faith. Y'all catching it? So everything that I do, I do by faith. When you speak, speak in faith. Don't speak negative words. Do not speak negative words. Words hold great power. Every word that God spoke, it comes true. It doesn't come back void. So what do you think is going to happen to your words? Don't start speaking negativity over your life. Well, I'm not picking on singles. I just want to let the record show. I'm not picking on singles. I'm just using this as an example because I hear it so much. And that lets me know that it's an issue with the enemy that's deceiving people. Because anytime the enemy 
deceives people, and a lot of people are saying it, not just from certain areas, but everywhere that you go, that's an issue. That's the enemy trying to discourage you. I hear this all the time from singles, and this is what I'm talking about, speech, faith speech. Well, I just don't know if there's anybody out there for me. I, I, just, I, just, don't, I just don't know. I just don't see how I'm going to meet someone. There's no one around me. I guess I'll just go on the Internet and date and then apps, and I'm going to have to do something. I got to make something happen because there's no single men or women around me. I just, I just don't know how it's going to happen. There, there's no good men out there. There's no good women out there. All the good ones are taken. That's what, everywhere. I hear this all the time. I want y'all to, have y'all ever thought about this in this terms? Think about this, because we're reading in creation. We're reading in Genesis. God created Adam. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. Adam is the only human being alive. He doesn't even know women exist. He don't know what a woman is. God said, it's not good for him to be alone. Let me create him a helpmate. So God put him in a deep sleep, took his rib, created a woman. So if God could create a woman out of nothing, you mean to tell me out of these billions of people in the world that there's not one person out there for you? There was literally no person on the earth. God created someone specifically for him. So you mean to tell me out of all these billions of people on the earth, there's not one out there? Come on now. But that's your faith. When you say things like that, you let me know where your faith is. You don't trust God. He's standing there with his arms open. I can't believe you don't know my financial situation, Pastor. I've been like this for years. Well, you're showing me where your faith is right now. Why can't this be the year that you break free from the financial burden? What about your speech? Positive speech, faith speech, your words, they have to be the way that you think. You know, the only the words that come out of your mouth is a byproduct of how you think. So whatever you think upon is going to come out of your mouth. So you have to think. This is the thing. Before you say something out of your mouth, think about this. Where did this thought come from? Is this a true thought? Is this a true thought? Is this a, is this a thought that's pleasing to God? Is this a thought that I can back up in Scripture that says that this is a good thought? Nine times out of ten, it's not. It's a seed from the enemy. And we take that thought and we speak it out. Watch what you think. Cast it down. Just because you think it doesn't mean you have to speak it. Don't speak those thoughts into existence. We, when I go to sleep, I sleep in faith. Some people are terrified to go to sleep because they're like, what if I die in my sleep? I'm not terrified at all. If I'm tired, I'm going to sleep. But sleep in faith. We make our plans in faith. Everything, everything you do, I'm trying, the just shall live by faith. What I'm trying to get you, everything that you do, you have to do it by faith. Now, for some of you, that's going to be a different way of living. Guess what? This is the adventure for you. This is the adventure for you. Changing the way you think. Changing the way that you live. You answer questions in faith. When people ask you questions, answer them in faith. Don't just, oh, I don't know what to tell you. You in a bad situation. <laughs> you better start praying now. Because <laughs> I don't, <laughs> boy, that's a doozy right No, no, no. You respond in faith. You have to, y'all catch what I'm saying. You have to condition yourself to live by faith. 
And it doesn't, it's not going to come overnight. So don't get frustrated. Like, oh, what a miserable person am I? It's not happening. It's a journey, y'all. It's an adventure. You work in faith. When you go to work, your employees, your coworkers will enjoy you a lot more if you work in faith. Because when you work in faith, that means you're going to have joy and you're, con- you're conscious of the things that you say, the things that you do, how you present yourself. So you're going to be a joy to be around. But if you're going to work all full of fear and doubt and, and angry and, and all bitter and all this, nobody wants to be around you. But if you go in faith, people will love to be around you. Why? Because they'll find encouragement and strength from you. I work in faith. Everything I do in my life, I do by faith. Why do I do that? Because that's how the Father functions. Everything he does is by faith. And we're called to be imitators of him. Faith is, faith is this. is I'm convinced that everything is going to work out for my benefit. When you live in faith, you're totally convinced that everything is going to work out for your benefit. And if you don't, you don't have faith. I know that my future is great because I have faith. I don't know what my future holds, but I know it's great. If you don't have faith, you think your future is doomed. I don't, I don't even want to, ooh, Pastor, I don't want to think about my future. Mm-mm, it's just too much. It's just too, mm-mm, I don't want to think about, you don't have faith. When you have faith, you know that everything is going to work out for your benefit. Why? Because he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you truly believe that, then you believe that. You should have more hope in your future than you do right now. I'm not saying don't have hope right now. You need to have hope and faith right now. You do. But you should always have an expectation of things to get greater and better in the future. Why? Because of faith and because God's word says so. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. I know a person has faith because they have victory. You can just tell a person that has victory. They're not, it's not to say they don't walk through things. It's not to say that they don't feel things. It just says that they have a spirit that says, I'm victorious in everything that I do because I know that I have faith and trust in God. That's who you should be. When people look at you, oh, that's a victorious person right there. Oh, I can, oh yeah, oh, yeah, their faith is strong. That's a victorious person. Because when the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Why are so many professional athletes and teams, people say they're cocky? Because they know they're confident in their abilities. We're going to beat them. I'm not worried about that. And what do they do? They go out and beat them. Because they're confident. How much more so should we be confident in our abilities because God is with us? Victory. He lives on the inside of you. There should be a vi- there shouldn't be this defeat and this gloom about your future. There's victory in your future. But me telling you that is not going to get you to receive it. You got to receive it by faith. You have to receive it by faith. And this is a big thing, too. We know that Jesus lived by faith. He said that the only thing that I do is I see my father. He died on the cross in faith. He died on the cross in faith, knowing that and believing that I'm going to arise in three days. It took faith to believe that. So he says, you know what? I'm going to willingly lay down my life because I know in three days I'm going to get up. And I'm going to be with my father. And I'm going to hold the keys to death, hell, and the grave. 
And as a result, you're going to have freedom. You're going to have victory. You're going to have breakthrough. You're not going to be demonically oppressed. You're going to have healing in your bodies. You're going to have peace in your mind. You're going to prosper in all things that you do. Everything that you do is going to be blessed because you're a part of me. Everything was by faith. He died on the cross by faith. He didn't just say, oh, well, I guess this is what my father. No, he did it by faith because he knew he was going to rise in three days. Everything that you do in your life, do it by faith. By faith, everything. So, Pastor, what is everything? Everything. Everything that you do, do it by faith. We're not going to get caught up in the negativity of the world. You want to lose your faith? Get caught up in the negativity of the world because there's a lot out there. Oh, it's a new COVID strand. Y'all got to be careful out there. I'm not saying be reckless, but what I am saying is I'm not worried about that because I'm living by faith. I'm not going to get caught up in Now, I'm not saying be reckless. Don't pastor say, don't worry about that. Just, that's not what I'm saying. Don't, don't get my words twisted. But what I'm saying is have a spirit of victory. Don't get caught up in the negativity of the world. Don't live in fear and unbelief. Live in victory. And when you live in victory, that means you're living by faith. We're going to function in faith because that's how the Father functions. He only functions by faith. When you step out of faith, you step out of being in connection with God. Remember that. When you operate in fear, you're not connected to God. When you operate in doubt, you're not connected to God. When you operate in anger and unbelief and disbelief, you're not connected to God. When you don't trust him, you're not connected to God. The only way to connect to God is by faith because that's the only way he functions. The Father functions by faith. We have to live the right, the just shall live by, by faith. We have to live by faith. Why faith? That's how the Father functions. And every week when we close, we're going to close with this declaration. Y'all ready for the declaration? I want y'all to repeat this after me. You won't watch it online. Repeat this after me. I walk by faith. I live by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Giving glory to God. One more time. I walk by faith. I live by faith. I will overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Hallelujah. Clap your hands this morning. Faith is how the Father functions, y'all. Part one of faith school, faith is how the Father functions. Why faith? Because that's how he functions. You want to know how God operates? Operate in faith. Make a declaration today. I'm going to live by faith. From this moment forward, I'm going to live by faith. Everything that I do is by faith. I'm going to encourage myself. I'm not going to wait for somebody to call me on the phone. I'm going to encourage myself. I'm going to get in the scripture. I'm going to come on prayer on, 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 this week, and I'm going to strengthen myself, and I'm going to find myself some stability. Your faith is your responsibility. Nobody else's. But guess what? God is with you. He's with you. That's what makes it easy. Does it mean you're not going to walk through things? No. Does it things that means things are always going to be great? No. But guess what? He's with you, and that's all you need. He's with you. No, he's with you, y'all. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your sweet presence that's here right now. 
Always such a sweet presence. Thank you that faith is arising in our hearts, that we know that you function, you operate. Everything that you do, everything you create, every word you've spoken is by faith. And I thank you right now that you're teaching us to live a life of faith. That as we live a life of faith, Lord God, that our life will come in order. Areas of chaos and confusion in our lives as, as we mature in you, that you're bringing order to our lives because you want us to do great exploits and great things for you. But we can't do that when our lives are in shambles. But I thank you right now that faith is arising to get things in order. That we'll be consistent in our word life. We'll be consistent in our prayer life. We'll be consistent in our worship time, Lord God, in our devotions. And everything that we do, we do it by faith. Thank you that faith is arising. I bind every lie of the enemy that will try to get us to throw away our confident trust in you. Every lie of the enemy that will try to get us to make excuses of why we shouldn't have faith. But I thank you right now, Lord God, that we are more than overcomers. We are victorious in you. We are victorious because you already won. And we receive it by faith. Thank you for this message today. I thank you for the word today. Let it fall on good ground. Not by the enemy and the thief that will try to steal or, or hinder what you've done in our hearts and what you will continue to do. I thank you for it today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. I want to give one more invitation, one real quick invitation. You can bow your heads and close your eyes. And this is the final invitation. And I've preached enough. But I just want to give an invitation. If you want to, you know if you're in right relationship with God or not. I just want to give you an invitation to come into right relationship with God if you know you're not. With no one looking around, no, no eyes open, every head bowed. If you want to come in right relationship with God, I'm not going to make a plea to you. You know if you're right with God or not. I just want you to lift your hand. If you want to get in right relationship with God, you're online, you want to get right with God, this is your time. I'm just going to ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart and repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, thank you for coming into my heart. I thank you right now that I receive you by faith and that I will live for you by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord one more hand clap of praise this morning. If you're watching online and you made that decision to follow Christ, just drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you uh, made that decision to follow Christ. And also, if you're in the room, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. On the back of that, it says, I made a decision. Fill that out, and you could drop it in the bucket during offering time, and they will love to connect with you during that time. And well, we're about to dismiss, but before we do, we're going to uh, we're get, been getting ready to uh, to give. If you're watching online, if you're prepared to give, there's a couple ways you could do that. You can go to our website at newlifemobile.org. You can give on there on the homepage. There's a tab that says Give Online. You can download our app. You can give that way as well. But also tomorrow, starting 6:30 p.m., we start our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We'll be in this room 6:30 sharp. We're going to be reading the scriptures. We're going to be encouraging ourselves through the scriptures. We're going to read out loud. If you want to come and read the scripture, you can come read and join us. But we'll be in here this whole week, Monday through Friday, from 6.30 to 7.30 this entire week. You're free to join us. But let's pray over the offering, and then you guys dismiss. Lord, I thank you for the offering today. I thank you for everything that's coming into the storehouse. I thank you that you bless. It, let it be a, a 
fall on good ground, Lord God, of 30, 60, and 100-fold. Bless each and every person that gives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow, 630, for our first day of 21 Day of Prayer and Fasting. We love you guys. Y'all have a great week.